Thanks for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We're located in Boise, Idaho, but wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you and empowers you to take a step towards living a life fully devoted to following Jesus. going to jump into the Word. We're going to continue our series in James. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, open them up with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 14. If you haven't got your daily Bible reading in today, you're going to get it now. We'll go through some scripture today. Amen? Come on. You ready? Need some more time? Chapter 2. Here we go. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for this body. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. Whether they belong, whether they're visiting, God, I pray that they know that they are loved. I pray that they know that they are welcomed. Um, And God, we pray today that your word would come alive in us. God, we we know your word is is active, it is living, it is powerful, it has the the power to transform us from the inside out. So, So Jesus, we lean into you today. I pray that we walk out of here differently than the way we came in, not because of what I would say, not because of what the worship team did, not because of anything else except for the fact that your Holy Spirit spoke to us. Lord, we honor you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen Amen and amen. Can y'all give it up for the worship team? Aren't they incredible? Yes. Um, before, we, before we get started, before we, we dive into the scripture, I, I have to confess something. In order to stand up here uh, before you rightly, I, I have to confess. I have to get something off my chest. Um, 
and, and I hope you don't judge me, I hope you don't think of me differently, uh, but occasionally, from time to time, I'll buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Anybody else buy lottery tickets? We ain't judging it here. Listen, just tithe off that thing if you win, that's all. Uh, I, I buy a lottery ticket from time to time. Uh, you know, anybody do like, like I do, like when you buy the lottery ticket, you're like, this could be the one. And you start to plan, right? I buy this, I buy that. I take care of all friends and family of the church. You get some money too. These, this family, these family members will get some money and I won't tell them, right? Just me, okay. Uh, <laughs> you have all these plans, all these ideas in your head. Uh, but one time I was playing, I played one of those like state lottery games uh, and I got it. I read the ticket, I read the winning numbers, and I won. Oh, you're the only person who was like excited. If it was you, you'd have been, well, I see, stingy people in here. Uh, that was funny. I didn't actually win. I thought for 15 minutes, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. I was elated. Like, I was like, oh, I am moving up into the hills. You know what I mean? I'm excited about what's going to happen, uh, what I'm going to do. I thought of all the people I would bless. Don't worry, it wasn't just all about me. Uh, but then uh, I called my wife. I'm like, babe, we, I, we, I, we, just, we, won, we won, we won, we won, we won. Our lives are di different, right? It's going to be different. Uh, and, and so she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'll call you back. And, and you know, I start reading through all, how do I collect the money? Where do I get the things? Where do I have to drive to this state? Because in my state, I couldn't get it. And so I'm like, wait a minute. And I started reading the rules. And I realized uh, that the numbers weren't in the correct space for this correct, for this specific lottery ticket. And because they weren't in the correct space, I won nothing. <laughs> for 15 minutes, I thought I was rich, right? Uh, it was a great feeling. Uh, but I, I, all of a sudden, I went from this place where this ticket held an extreme value to when I actually examined it further, it was worthless. You ever had something like that in your life? Where, where at face value, where, where when you first get into it, you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I love this. This gives me so much worth. And, and you see all these things that, that look so good, but when you begin to dive in, you realize that what you thought had a lot of value actually is, is worthless. And we've been there, right? We've, we've placed our hope in some of those things. Maybe it was a relationship that we, we thought gave us value, but it didn't have any. Maybe we thought it was a job that, that we thought had value, but it, it really, it held no actual worth. I believe we've all had that moment where the sudden realization comes to us and we're left with trying to figure out, what do I do now? And here in James, he is, he is sending us this caution. It is like a big warning sign that says, make sure you check the value of your faith. Make sure you, you check the authenticity of what it is that you have. And listen, this is, this is beyond monetary impact. This has eternal value. So today, are you cool if we dive in together? How about this side? Y'all ready? Okay. We're going to dive in. So, so James starts off, James 2. This is, the, this is the thesis of his argument, and it starts off very clear. He says this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith 
save him. Now, James writes this in, a, in the Greek uh, in such a way that the reader would automatically uh, expect a negative answer. Um, anybody have anybody who talks to you like that? Like they ask you a question, but they give you the answer in the question? Just our wives, okay. Um, <laughs> like, right? It's like leading the witness. Well, didn't you do? No, uh, should I know? Uh, but that's, that's what James, he is leading the witness here. Right? And he's basically saying, hey, uh, this kind of faith can't, can't save you, can it? He writes it in a way that we understand the author is giving us the answer here, and he's saying it can't. So he starts off strong, and I know some of you already got your arguments ready. Just hold on. Don't send any emails yet. Um, we are saved by faith, not by works. But let's walk down this path together so that we can check and evaluate the authenticity of our faith. Sound good? So James gives us three different stages of faith that we can examine. Verse 15, it says this, if a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. The first kind of faith that we would examine or that we see here in James is dead faith. Uh, could you bring out that tree? I hear it coming. You ever seen one of these? Anybody ever had one in their house? Come on, we ain't judging. Uh, we ain't gonna judge you. So this tree right here, uh, for those of you who are just catching up, this is not real. It's fake. It looks good. Well, it's debatable. But it looks like a tree, but it has no actual intrinsic value. Right? This tree will never produce fruit. This tree doesn't have roots. This tree won't give oxygen. There is nothing actively working in this tree. James is comparing this kind of faith to this kind of tree. Uh, and I, I love the example he uses. Uh, he's basically like, uh, dead faith, dead trees, it's, it's the people who you talk to, you tell them your problems, you tell them what's going on, you, you need some help, and they just say, oh, I'll be praying for you. Oh, some of you didn't laugh, because that was you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the, I know I can do something, I know I say I'll pray, but actually I'm just gonna tell you I'm gonna pray so I can get out of here and get to lunch and I'm gonna forget about your problems as soon as I leave. That's the kind of faith he's talking about. It's a, it's a dead faith, right? It, it, it's, it's a faith that is, that is uh, all talk, no walk. It's, it's a faith that, that has no action to it. In the example he says, he says, your dead faith says go in peace, be warmed and filled. That ain't helping, give me some bread, dog. Like, give me something that I can eat, right? It's, it's not helping to just say the right things, but there are no actions to follow, and, and that's what dead faith looks like. I have all the right words, but there's no power in them. There's, there's, there's no action to what it is that I'm saying. There, there's nothing happening through my faith. I'm just talking about it. 
And listen, James is making it clear, and they understood in the context of this that they had a duty to take care of that, right? Galatians 6.10, it says, so then as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith. Mark 25.40, and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. James is saying some elementary things. Take care of the people's needs. I have people all the time who get upset with the way welfare or different things and how the government reacts to it. And I go, you understand it wasn't their job in the first place. God designed us, the church, to take care of the poor. That's our job. Our responsibility. Scripture says, hey, there will always be poor among you. So if, if you have the ability to give, you should give. I'll let Pastor Landon preach that later. Uh, I'm not going to dive in. Sorry. Uh, listen, this is, this is way more than just giving food to the poor or clothing them or, or helping people out uh, in a time of need. This is about the actions of our faith matching the words of our faith. Verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. This statement tells us that, that, that faith and works are not necessarily related completely towards each other, right? You can, you can have faith and intellectual knowledge or understanding of who God is, but you do nothing with it. On the flip side, you could be a generous person. You could be a person who does a lot of works. You can help people all the time. But if you have no faith, those works will never save you. So he's saying the two, although we're saying they, 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 need to, they need to meet in the middle. They can't remain on opposite sides. And so he says, you, you, you can have works and not be a person of faith and you can work uh, or you can be faith without works. So James responds with this challenge. He says, show me your faith without deeds. What he's implying is, is that faith cannot be demonstrated apart from action. It's an attitude of the inner person. And it can only be seen as it influences the action of the one who possesses that faith. Mere profession of faith proves nothing as to its reality. Sit there for a second. Mere profession proves nothing of the reality. Demonstration does. So, so James boldly states, he says, I will show you my faith by what I do. It, it, it's the Christian understanding, the verbiage we have now is, 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 is it bearing fruit? Does it give fruit? My faith should bear fruit. Which leads us to the second type of faith. Um, and don't freak out, okay, when I say it. Second type of faith is demonic faith. Now I know we're getting close to Halloween. We're not, we're not talking about dark, you know, twisted, demented faith. But what he's talking about here is faith that even demons have. Verse 19, it says, you believe that God is one, you do well. It's a very sarcastic comment right here, right? You do well, hey, great job, great job on that. You, you believe God is one. Uh, even the demons believe, and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that apart from works, that faith apart from works is useless? James uses this in this moment as a, as a shock and awe statement. He's like, I want to wake you up out of your spiritual apathy. 
I'm going to say a, a off the wall uh, comment to shake you loose because here's the reality. In this cultural moment with the Jewish people at that time, they all had a prayer that they said and their prayer acknowledged that God, who God was and that he was one. And they thought that saved them. And here comes James and he says, hey, great job. Uh, even the demons do that. You believe, in, you believe in God. Listen, demons are not atheists. Demons are not agnostic. Demons know who God is. Scripture proves that, right? They understand the authority of God and who he is. Whenever they met Christ, in New, in New Testament scriptures, when we read it, whenever they meet Christ on the earth, they, they bore witness to his sonship. We see that in Mark 3. They believe in the existence of the place of punishment. We see that in Luke 8. And they also recognize Jesus Christ as the judge, which we see in Mark 5. They had an intellectual knowledge, like the people with dead faith, but they also had an emotional response. They shuddered, they feared. James says they, the demons believe and they shudder. So, so they have intellect about God and they are moved in their emotions by him. Um, Listen, here's, here's, here's a scary part of our faith. We can know God. We can walk into a service like this. We can feel good, right? You ever had that like, ah, oh, just worship was amazing, <laughs> right? I just felt so good, girl, I was crying, right? And we have these moments where we, where we know who God is, we walk in, we have an emotional experience, we feel great about it, and then we walk out unchanged. That's a demonic faith. It's a faith that says I'll respond with head knowledge, I'll respond with an emotion, but I will never respond in submission. Listen, the power of God is not just in the intellect, it's not just in the emotions, the power of God is in the power to change. This gospel is not a stagnant gospel. This gospel is meant to bring things that were dead back to life. That's what this gospel is about. It was not meant to just be, let's come sit in, feel better, kumbaya, feel great, leave. No, it is we have to change so that we can look more like him. We have to do so that others can find him. We have to be active in our faith, taking on the new identity of who Christ is. And that leads us to our third faith. Uh, and this is the faith that James is talking about. And he says that we have to have, and it is a dynamic faith. You got, we got that other tree? I think we got one more tree. Yeah. That's good right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Slide this. I'm OCD. Um, this is this is dynamic faith. Now I know what you're thinking. This is a little bitty bitty tree. One. Do you know how hard it is to buy a tree right now in Boise? <laughs> I went I went into Ace Hardware. Somebody got me at first. Why are you going to Ace Hardware to try and get a plant? You're right. My bad, sir. Uh, <laughs> but but. Everybody's like, hey, you realize it's a bad time to plant a tree. I was like, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so this is all they got. But you're looking at it, you're going, well, that, that looks bigger. That looks more impressive. But it's dead. This isn't big. 
but it's living. This isn't big, but it has the ability to grow bigger. This is, is pulling nutrients from the soil and it's going up through the leaves and in these leaves, they're giving oxygen. They're giving life. This is the example of dynamic faith. It's life giving. Dynamic faith is a faith that is real, it has power, and it has the power to change. James describes this, this, this saving faith and what he's saying is he's like, listen, it starts with the word. It starts by hearing the word of God. James 1.18 and James 1.21, we, we see that. We see it in Romans, Paul talks about it. Um, in Romans 10.17 it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We have to receive the word first. We have to receive the understanding of who God is. And James uses uh, Abraham and Rahab as, as illustrations of that dynamic saving faith because both of them heard the word, they received it, and then they acted it out. They acted upon that. Verse 21, it says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the message and sent them out by another way? Now we have to, we have to pause here because all of a sudden we can, we can begin going, well, wait a minute. There's a contradiction in scripture. If you compare it to Paul and you compare it to what James is saying, I feel like there's a contradiction. So let's look at it. At face value, it seems like it. Because in Ephesians 2 verse 8, Paul says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. So if both passages are studied in context, the, the, the seeming contradiction begins to go away. Watch verse 22 of, uh, verse 22, that James, James 22. You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. So works are evidence that saving faith is present in a person's life. James and Paul are going after two different things here. James is combating a superficial faith that had no actual effect in the life of the professed believer. He's going after people who just stand there and they pray and they feel good about it. Paul, on the other hand, is combating legalism, right? The belief that you could earn your salvation. The belief that you could earn what God gave to them. He says, it's not about your good deeds. But in Ephesians 2.10, Paul comes back and, and says this. Uh, he insists that, hey, salvation is not by works, by faith alone. However, he does value good works. Says in verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's a gift, but when we receive that gift, we should be changed, right? It, 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 Paul and James both understand that there is a genuineness in the faith when you see faith in action. Both writers, faith that produces no good deeds is incapable of saving a person. 
Abraham was declared righteous by faith and he was justified by faith. Uh, As someone expressed it and wrote, they said, Abraham was not saved by faith plus works, but by a faith that works. Faith that works is living, it's active, it's working. Listen, it is not for salvation, but it is from salvation. It is saying, God, I have received, and because I've received, now I'm freely giving. It's stepping into the fullness of that. And this, this dynamic faith in Jesus, this dynamic faith in God, this dynamic faith in the Holy Spirit, this, this dynamic faith in the Godhead, this is the kind of faith that is true and has value. I love that James uses these two examples of Abraham and of Rahab uh, because can you imagine the kind of faith they had to have? Here's Abraham. At first he wonders and he goes and God's promised and he's given him all these, all these promises and they never come true and here he is, 100 years old and finally, 100 years old. We get mad at two months when God ain't given us what he promised, yes? 100 years old, he receives his promise and his son begins to grow. And as he grows, God says, I'm gonna test his, his faith, I'm gonna test his obedience. So I want you to sacrifice your son. Now in this culture, we go, ah, what, God? In the day, it was common practice, right? Child sacrifices back in that day were common practice. Now, Abraham knew the character of God. I think he was worried, if I, I'm imposing. I think he was worried, but I think he also knew the character of God. And he says, I'm gonna act in obedience. For those of you who never read the story, he does not, God stops him. He just said, I wanted to test your obedience. But can you imagine, uh, how many of you got kids? Can you imagine being asked to sacrifice your child? Like I know there's times where we're like, (laughs) if it's your will, I'm just playing, edit that out. Uh, (laughs) But can you imagine? And And he acts in obedience. That was his promise, that was his son. God stops and he says, I see your obedience. Rahab, the, 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 the faith she had to have. Listen, Rahab was in the place of strength. She was in the wall. She was in the fortified city. But she had a knowledge of God. She said, I've heard about this God of Israel. I've heard about this God of Israel and we are afraid. Could have been dead. Could have been demonic. She says, I've heard about it. We're afraid but I'm gonna choose to to be obedient. I'm gonna choose to submit my will. I know it could cost me my life. I know it could cost me my family. I know it could do all these things, but I I hear the word of the Lord and I will respond. I will submit my will. And we see through both of them, Abraham becomes the father of, of many nations. We see him as the father of our faith. Rahab, prostitute, Gentile, not even in the same group of people, And through her lineage comes Jesus, the Savior, because of obedience, because of faith that was willing to act, because of a will that was willing to say, I am submitted. It's a faith that's active, a faith that's dynamic. They just say the right words, but they submitted their will. A faith that is submitted will always produce dynamic faith in you. So the question is, is what kind of faith do you possess? Is it dead, demonic? Is is it like what Paul writes about in in Titus 1? It says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. That's strong language. Or is it dynamic? Dynamic. 
Is it active? Is it living? And, and Paul writes about that in Titus 3.8. It says, the saying is trustworthy and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So what kind of believers are we? What kind of people of faith are we? We can be one of these two, right? Um, again, this is a dead tree, right? Anybody else in life ever experienced traumatic moments, like hard moments? Here, here's what I know to be true about life. You will face hard things. Yeah? You will. Jesus made it clear in scripture. Hey, you're gonna, in this world you will have trouble, but behold, for I have overcome the world. So, so this is a tree and it's representative of our faith. And, and, and a lot of times we'll, we'll face situations in life and, and, and something will happen and all of a sudden something gets cut away, right? Ever had some seasons where things kind of get cut? You get cut, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a, a relationship, maybe it's just an idea of what you thought, but these things begin to get cut away and, and it could be traumatic and, and it could be hard and, and, and we could be frustrated. And how many know if I keep cutting on this tree, eventually this tree would be bare. There'd be nothing to it. I ain't got the time, but there'd be nothing to it. If I kept cutting away, it would be empty. It would be worthless, and the only thing it would be good for at this point would be going to trash or a fire. That's it. And because it's a dead tree, when I cut at it, it will never have the opportunity to grow again. If it got stripped bare, it will always stay bare. However, if I look at this tree, and all of a sudden, something, something hard happens and cuts something away. Oh, look, this one was a little green, but there's a lot of dead things. And maybe it needed to come off. And they, uh, cut another one. That, that one looked really good. But maybe, there's, maybe it doesn't need to be there. This is what happens in life is, is all of us go through these seasons where, where things get cut away, where things happen to us and, and, and they fall off and, and we can recognize because we, we serve a good God that, that maybe he didn't cause it, but have you ever heard of pruning? You see, if I cut this tree back all the way to where there's nothing left, because it's living, because it's working, it will grow again. And the reality is, is when I cut it back, it has the the possibility to grow bigger. This is an example of our faith. Listen, God may be testing you. You may be walking through something. You may be going through a trial. You may be going through a circumstance that seems like you're being cut. But the reality is, is if we have a dynamic faith, if we have a faith that is working, we can continue to pull the nutrients out of the word of God, out of our time with God, and it begins to come up. And not only do we grow again and grow bigger, but we have the ability to give life to those around us. We have the ability to help. I'd much rather that in the circumstances of my life, that if I'm cut, 
If I experience trauma, if I experience hard things, I'd much rather be in the position where I can know, Lord, even if it was taken away, I can grow again and it can be a testimony, it can be a light, it can be something that can be used to help someone else. I do not want to have a faith that as it gets cut away and snipped away, I'm left there exposed and bare. Nothing to show. But I want my faith to produce fruit. James is emphasizing that the mature Christian practices and walks out truth. And if you're walking in the truth of your faith, you're not just talking about it, you're not just emotionally responding to it, but you are actively working in it. Hebrews 11 uh, is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Uh, it's, it's known as the, the Faith Hall of Fame, where it takes all these people through scripture and it lists who they are and what they did. And I, I, want, I want us to look at it real quick. This will be the last thing we do. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, intellectual knowledge. So that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. And, and here's, where, here's where I want us to, to lean in. You ready? Ready? Nobody else is excited as me. Okay. Verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Uh, and, and the reason was, it says, now before he was taken, he was commending us having pleased God. Verse seven. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark. Sometimes your obedience will come out of things that don't make sense. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, he went to live. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessing on Jacob and on Esau. By faith, Joseph, at the end of the life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites, gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. In verse 32, and what more shall I say for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword and were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put, army, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, 
They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and mountains and in the dens and the caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Did you notice what I noticed? Every time it said by faith, it was followed by an action. Every time it says by faith, he moved. Every time it was by faith, he was obedient. When it was by faith, they did the things that God had called them to do. They were commended by our faith, not just for knowing, but knowing and then doing. That's faith in action. And that is why people were saved. That is why certain people were lost. But listen, they're not looking for, for a monetary, momentary uh, uh, reward. What they're looking for is to the God of the universe to say, God, eternally, I'm looking towards that. I'm looking towards what you have. Your faith has to be active and it has to be dynamic. A faith that works not for salvation, but from it. Oasis City Church, listen, this church, this valley, this community does not need a church that has a lot of head knowledge and we, we puff ourselves up because we know a lot. This, 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 this community, this valley, the people here do not need a church that says just come in and feel good. They're great. Knowledge, you should have it. Emotional responses, I love it. I am a charismatic. <laughs> but the reality is, this valley needs a church that is submitted. This valley needs a church that says it won't just be our words, it will be our actions. We won't just talk about what God does and who he is, we will show them who he is. That's what this church is gonna do. Oasis City. An oasis is, it's water. It's living water, it's fresh water. You cannot, listen, you cannot be refreshed by dead, stagnant water. It will kill you. But water that's living, water that's active, if we, have, if we become those people, if we are that church that is living, that is active, we are refreshing to this community. We can bring the hope that God has called us to bring when we live out our faith in a dynamic way. Faith that doesn't just talk about it, but that walks it out. Amen? Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're in here today, if you're online, um, and you just say, hey, I'm, I'm in a place that I don't wanna be with my faith. Maybe it's dead. Maybe it's just, it's built on head knowledge. It's built on emotions, but I, I want my faith to be true. I want it to be authentic. I want it to have value. And I, I wanna move to a place where my faith is seen not to puff me up, 
not to make me feel good, but because I'm submitted to the will of God. If you're in here today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. But I just want to challenge you. If that's you today, would you resolve in your heart to say, God, move me into a place of active faith. Move me into a place where I am I'm actively living out and impacting people, submitted wholly to your will. And lastly, if you're in here today and maybe you're like, I have no faith. I've never trusted Jesus. I've never put my hope in him. But today I, I, want, to, I want to take that opportunity. I want to make that decision to make Jesus my Lord, my Lord and Savior. If that's you today with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? We want to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Come on, can we just celebrate for just one second for the people who have given their, made that decision. We're going to pray, uh, and then Pastor Landon's going to come give some instructions. So God, I just thank you for every person in here, every person online. God, move us to a place of dynamic faith. Move us to that place, Lord. We just want to be wholly submitted to you. And Lord, for the people who, who made that decision today, Lord, we just thank you. All of heaven is rejoicing. All of hell of heaven is celebrating, uh, Lord. And, and we know that today um, their name is written in your book. So we just celebrate that. We give you honor. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Oasis City Church podcast. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, pray for you, or give you next steps on your journey of following Jesus. Send us an email to info at oasiscity.church to get connected today.